Knock, knock. Who's there? It's the Mining Your Business podcast with yet another episode, a show all about process mining, data science, and advanced business analytics. Jakob, how are we doing today? We are doing very well, Patrick. Thank you. Max Abermann and Janis Nacke from NRV Group join us on the podcast today to talk about how process mining is helping them solve critical problems in the energy sector. Maybe they will also mention how good we are as a company. Let's get right into it. What time is it? It's mining your business time. I hope you're excited because we sure are. Uh, Slowly, slowly, we are reaching another milestone in 40 released episodes. And we are starting to eye that elusive 50 episode mark. And, you know, things are going uh, very well on our end. So we are very excited about that. And I was thinking, how is it even possible that in such a such a niche field, niche topic, such process mining is, uh, we can produce so much stuff. And then I had it. And uh, it's not really us, but it's it's you guys. It's the process mining community. And uh, people such as uh, guests of today's episode are making it happen for us. Uh, that first and foremost, we always have some intriguing topics to discuss. But also because these people just keep entertaining and uh, educating us in all things process mining. And there's just so many stories and so many people we could invite and you know, that just keeps us motivated and uh, keeps us want to keep releasing these new episodes. So really good stuff. And that being said, uh, please welcome a pair of process mining experts uh, in Max Abermann and uh, Janis Nake. Guys, welcome to our show. We are excited to have you. Thank you very yeah. much. We're, We're pleased to, to be, be here. here. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> now, this is actually exciting because not only you guys work together for the same employer in NRV and in the same field of process mining, but uh, you also seem to be, well, almost the exact same age and you actually studied together at uh, Fachhochschule Südwestfalen. How did that happen? <laughs> We, uh, you could call it... Uh, University of Applied Sciences uh, of South Westphalia. If it's easier, uh, maybe the the <laughs> listeners will then also be able to resemble it better. Um, actually, it, it it is a cool story because uh, we did not work, uh, did not study at the same same uh, faculty of this university. So also in different towns, we didn't know each other before our process mining journey started. Uh, I am from Hagen, also where the Envy Group is, and I uh, was uh, studying there economics and informatics. Uh, and Janis is from actually from Mönesee, uh, pretty much. I don't know if any listener will, will know that <laughs> will know that place, but it's really beautiful. Uh, I think he can uh, he he will he will also say it's like that. And he was studying their business administration with informatics. And our professors just asked us if we want to do a project because you need to do an internship at the end of, mm-hmm. uh, of, your, of your degree. And so uh, that way we both came to the Enery Group. So uh, this this project that you did, uh, was it, uh, I'm really just wondering here, how you entered into the field of process mining. Was this project uh, somehow related to business process management or process mining specifically, or was it just uh, a, a huge coincidence that you ended up in this field? Actually, it can be said that it was a coincidence because what we were looking for was just a practical um, pilot project. And we brought the broad, um, yeah, knowledge of um, how to conduct such projects, um, also agile projects. Uh, furthermore, we were into, into informatics, but we were no process mining experts at that time. So we had to learn everything from scratch. 
So did you guys have some sort of idea what process mining was before you started this uh, this project or did you just have to do a crash course somewhere online? Well, in my case, actually, I was working as an assistant student uh, at my university and my uh, boss at that time, who was a, a scientific employee, uh, told me uh, about this project and said, they're doing process mining. It's really cool. If you want to, just look at Celonis maybe before and then you'll be ready to go. And that way, okay, I thought, okay, seems cool, seems like a cool topic. And I actually went on to do a Celonis data engineer course on their websites because they have those free lessons. Uh, and uh, in my case, it was just really important for me. I saw some YouTube videos and I thought, but how does this data get into this form? Because it was mm -hmm. more like a marketing video, what I saw on YouTube. And For me, as an as a technician, I just wanted to do, how do they get this data in this form? Where does it come from? Is it automatically extracted? What do I do? What do will I, uh, what will I do to have, uh, have to do in the project, actually? Yes, that's what, that was a really important question for me. Yeah, for me, it was the opposite. I had no clue about Salonis, no clue about process mining, because my um, the former idea was that I will only lead the pro pro project management. Um, but then I a little bit got more into the technical details while being in the project. Um, so listening to these paths of yours, uh, we recently did an episode about how to become a process mining architect or how to even get to the field of process mining. It was an interesting episode, has a lot of good feedback on it. Uh, but uh, now, would you be able to maybe give an advice for, let's say, people who are just at the beginning of their career on how to get to the field uh, based on what you've been through, uh, maybe some general recommendation? I think what is really important is the general interest of obviously in informatics, but also uh, in business in general, because in probably every business um, lecture, at some point you will have uh, business processes. And in the end, uh, company is just based on different kinds of processes. And then with the technical understanding, the IT understanding, you are able to really grasp it really fast and um, understand how process mining in general works. Um, but another suggestion that I have to make is that um, Celonis is providing these online courses and to get a really broad and general understanding how it works, not into detail, but in general how it works, um, these courses are really awesome. And I would I would also add if you're not uh, if you don't have a degree in informatics or, or, or have learned informatics and programming before it's also not that big of a deal actually mm -hmm. only because Janis and me have done it uh, it it doesn't mean you have to uh, have had this because we also are working with with a uh, with a girl uh, who studied uh, engineering and economics and only had like one module with informatics in her in her degree and she's also working with us doing automation with Salonis process mining uh, since over one year and, and really likes it and is also good at what she's doing so i think especially when using Salonis process mining it's it's really mm. easy to get in if you're interested in it if you if you have fun uh, uh, analyzing processes, doing automation and, and everything else. And if you just put the work in, do the online courses and maybe have a real idea of a project, maybe some some data from the internet, if you're not in the company or, or have an internship, 
and just have mm -hmm. fun with it. Just play around, and at some point you will you will be uh, a good process miner. <laughs> yeah, I think this is really a good lesson here that there is more than one path into process mining, and you don't necessarily need to be an engineer or an IT person to actually crack this hole and get into it. Uh, however, uh, moving on. So um, you currently work for uh, a, a company called NRV. Uh, I guess uh, it's uh, probably a good uh, to also introduce the company. So could you tell us what NRV is actually doing? Yeah, NRV is uh, is an energy supplier in the uh, west of Germany. Um, it is a mid-sized company with a little bit more than a thousand employees. So. Maybe for the Salonis scale, it's pretty small. Mm -hmm. And uh, what we are doing at NRV is just the implementation of Salonis and also the further um, process automation. And in maybe uh, to to go a little bit deeper into into the field of energy supplying, because before Yanis and uh, and I came to the NRV group, we didn't really know what 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 are they actually doing, and <laughs> and, and uh, now we actually know they they produce energy themselves and then uh, put it to 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 their customers so so uh, sales of energy pretty much they uh, they are trading energy on the market uh, when we have too much or too little uh, in that case but we also own the uh, the net structure where the uh, mm -hmm. where the uh, gas and water and everything uh, goes to the customer in the end and the meter at at homes of the people is also in our in our control so the really broad structure everything that has to do with energy in in, in our region is pretty much right. uh, handled by us so what is your exact current role at nrv like what do you guys do and um is it from this uh, project this initial project that you guys had to do that you got there or how did you end up here <laughs> exactly how you put it. So first, our position right now can be said as process mining lead at NRV Gruppe. So we are currently looking at all the processes and we are implementing all the processes. We have more Salonis experts, but um, they are not. They are just specialized and we are for working for every single department. And how did we get there? So um, the pilot project that we have been talking about um, it was in the procurement. And at the end of a project, um, it was a very new approach to the company. Um, it was a pilot project. And also the way we conducted the project in an agile way was very new to the company. So therefore, we had to present it um, to a boss. And then we had to present it to all the bosses. And then it went on until the very top of our company. <laughs> and at that point, um, they decided that it would be great to solve some issues um, in our power grid or in the nets um, with using process mining. All right. So essentially, you guys came in with a pilot project, uh, process mining was non-existent, and it went all the way up the food chain to the top level, and now you guys are yes. spearheading the process mining lead. 100%. Wow. That's very cool. <laughs> One can also say in our first project, we had a lot of freedom. Uh, we were the agile project managers, we were the operative project managers in that case, but we also had uh, the head of procurement who was like the product owner. He he defined the product backlog with us and pretty much steered the project in the right direction together with us, but he had the lead pretty much. And after that project, as we came uh, back as, as full-time employees, uh, the freedom really increased yes, because they already knew we, uh, 
we can be trusted and and we nice. were the experts on process mining in different departments and and uh, since then have shaped our own way our own vision of doing process mining at the NRV group of course uh, which which huge department will come next is a decision that don't we uh, that that not we make but but the department and the uh, the, the board and and all the important mm-hmm. uh, figures at NRV group but we also can can uh, um can help with the decision and in the end do the do the work together with process and now now this is very interesting that you were saying and that was that you bought the trust and uh what i find sometimes very challenging is actually to get exactly to this point that you buy the trust and that you persuade these people in your company that first of all process mining is interesting and actually can help them and and second like get the ownership or get the sponsorship uh from from let's say the management uh how did you do that and did you also uh experience any pushback from let's say more senior people who just looked at this with a little of concern or distrust and how did you um get over this hump um i think which what was like maybe the key point here was that the employees especially the operative employees were benefiting from our from our first implementation so much that they said uh, when we did our qualitative interviews for a bachelor thesis that they said they could not work anymore without process mining as long as process mining and the way we implemented it so therefore and this was already crucial and on the other hand um If you're able to solve problems fast in a way that it's also cheap at the same time, um, this is probably already enough to um, to make the decision. Yeah, I mean that's that's the perfect combination, right? You have the business users being on board from right away, and you're solving major issues that is worth the investment of setting up the tool, right? So that's the one of the biggest things that you need to do. And. Um, Yeah, go on, please. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, and to add to to the question of Jakub, um, it's uh, one has to take into account that it's not always easy to uh, convince people of the process mining solutions in your company because the the typical scenario that you will meet or encounter uh, pretty much, yeah, 100% at some point is that you meet people that say, "I have SAP. I know everything about my SAP system. <laughs> I'm an expert." in that in that field why do i need need this tool i can also get uh, i can already get all the knowledge that you can get from your process mining solution and implementation that i uh, already at that point in in 10 minutes yes why should i uh, implement a new tool uh, most of the times they will still help you implement it but they if you don't convince them and have good change management you won't uh, get them to use the tool actually but mm-hmm. uh, it's it's not the uh, it's rather it's rather seldom that we have this problem most of the time if you have a good process mining implementation the people will be uh, really really glad to have the tool because you have to you know that not everybody in in a company is an sap expert most of people uh, will really profit from a from a easy and and fast way to to analyze that data mm-hmm Yeah, that was going to be my question because it seems that there was a lot of enthusiasm from the get-go and I know I can speak for Jakob that we have built a lot of solutions over the years and it, the response can be tepid, right? So very lackluster and people just don't care. So how do you 
how do you really engage your your users to use the tool? How do you generate enthusiasm for what you're doing? Is it something that the users are automatically just found out or did you have to do something extra? You, you mentioned good change management. Can you talk about that? For sure. So um, while implementing the processes, um, we already figure out a lot of pains that um, our colleagues have among pains in the process itself um, and pains that are in most cases easy to solve with process mining. Mm -hmm. So what we're generally doing is that while implementing um, a new process, um, we are already looking for some solutions that we can deliver. Um, but that our colleagues don't know that we will deliver them. Mm -hmm. So at one point, um, we will in invite them into the Silonis for the first time. We will teach them how to use it, which is very important for us is that we do it one-on-one. -on -one. So usually we help them steering it. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, in a second point, then we present our solution to it and they just got a solution for an issue they had for years without even asking for the solution. And <laughs> at that point, the enthusiasm um, starts. And another point of the change management, what we're also doing is that we are providing this um, basis um, to, to have discussions on the process without um, finger pointing at some, uh, which is also yeah. very beneficial. Yeah. Very, very, very well said, this pointing to someone. Uh, I, I also noticed that sometimes there is some... Um, pushback from uh, the people responsible for the process because you're confronting them with the reality of how poor the process is actually running. And I was just having this example today in my head. If somebody uh, was measuring how I work on my computer, uh, how much time I spend in my emails, how much time I spend on Facebook <laughs> each day, and then told me, okay, so here is like a 40% uh, potential for improvement. I would be like, let, let me live. Just let me like, leave me alone. While if you actually don't point this out, you, you know about it, but you say, okay, if you do this, you will improve that part, and that's uh, that's crucial. And I really like this approach. Um, moving on, actually, you you said that you are currently like spearheading the the initiative uh, of process mining, and what we usually call it in process mining communities that you create the center of excellence. Is this also how you run things in NRV and? Uh, Maybe if you could tell us a bit more in general way how you are running the show currently. In our case, actually, it's it's pretty much a center of excellence. In in, in the NRV group, it's called the center of competence, uh, okay. uh, where Yanis and me are, are placed. It's not a real division. It's rather imaginary, but the people actually <laughs> meet up and talk <laughs> about the digitalization of different processes in the company. And in that case, only Yanis and me and our new colleagues who are doing automation for us um, are, are are from the Silonis department and pretty much Yanis and me. Um, are having an agile approach where we work on different projects at the same time, meet up on, on Mondays to have a check-in and think about the most important topics for the week uh, and uh, have uh, recurring events like like True Fixes with, with every department every week uh, or, or every two weeks where we discuss with the domain experts what are current developments, how are, uh, how, how are our uh, KPIs uh, going, are we are we getting better? Are we getting worse? Do we have new important topics which are coming from our domain experts which have to be handled? Maybe new analysis is needed, new KPIs needed for the management and everything else. And we discuss that and based on that we prioritize all the tasks mm -hmm. we have uh, and, and, and work on it in an, in a two uh, two guys tech 
tech team matter, I think. Uh, actually, now four people with the automation. Uh, and um, what is really important in that case that we can also uh, at some time uh, help get help from process end and uh, to to manage all the project <laughs> that we have at the same time because it's not that easy if you have so much departments with <laughs> with not much manpower. So you mentioned in the center of competence that it's a digitalization of processes. So I'm assuming that the process mining aspect is only a part of it, or is uh, so? What other things are you looking at? Are these projects or initiatives more mature? Did uh, was it also spearheaded alongside process mining, or, or what? What is the setup there? So actually, the um, competence center for digitalization um, started with three pilot projects. One was uh, it was I think in 2018. One was just uh, um, digitalization of documents using a nice documentation uh, document management software. Uh, on the other hand, we had robotic process automation, and then the last topic we had was process mining, which was also the pilot project that we did in our bachelor thesis, and. This was the early stage of this um, center of excellence. And right now, all the um, pilot projects were implemented or decided uh, to cancel them in the future. And currently, we are um, evolving into um, new projects. Or we have already evolved into new projects. Um, but um, so far, um, there has only been like a real constant, and that was Salonis uh, mm -hmm. using process mining. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. the other projects are more timely, uh, timely uh, based. Uh, so, like a generic, a generic workflow solution from for several departments, or a digital way to sign documents. So, mm -hmm. rather smaller projects, which are also really important, but not like a huge Celonis execution right, management right. system in our case. Mm -hmm. uh, you guys also mentioned that uh, you are working with implementation partners and it's, you know, processing. So that's a, that's a very good ad. Uh, <laughs> however, it's not intended. Uh, if you could tell us a little or for other companies and other business users that might be listening to the podcast, um, what advice would you generally give into outsourcing of, of some of the stuff that you need to develop? And do you also, are, are you trying to balance things and also like get your uh, own experts on process mining so that you manage most things in-house or how do you go about, how, how do you go about that? Um, I think it can be said that um, we always have the same approach. So in the beginning, um, we do the implementation um, nearly 100% with um, our implementation partner, in this mm -hmm. case, process end. And then after the implementation, the first implementation is done, the validation um, is pretty much the part where we step. We all, of course, we also help um, the, our implementation partners within the process of implementation Uh, in order to deliver the answers uh, very fast to the questions they have in order to have a proper implementation. But um, we start, we pretty much step into the process and, in the validation point. And then there, we have a very close um, close way of communicating with our implementator um, in order to solve issues very fast and efficient. And we also try to um, cut like the... Um, iterations until we give feedback mm -hmm. i think in the case of the NOV group the uh, critical success factor or in all cases i would assume is that you have in-house competencies for digital solutions so it's really important that people in your company actually know how the software works can make subtle changes little changes or maybe bigger 
bigger changes because uh, in the end you don't want uh, uh, the management won't want that you have suppliers working for you all the time you don't yeah. want uh, the, mm -hmm. the procurement to get new uh, new new uh, i don't know purchases uh, <laughs> uh, purchase orders created every week uh, for for more manpower by suppliers you want a, a, a good balance between yeah. uh, work in your own company know-how in your own company uh, that way it, it's not lost and helping with our in-house know-how is also so we are an interface so we can Uh, help the domain experts to not have spent as much, uh, not have to spend as much time on the process mining implementation because time is 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 the resource that they are lacking on the most mm -hmm. if they mm -hmm. if they need process mining to improve their processes actually. So we help these guys and we also have pro help process end by delivering the information in a form that is technically easier to implement than domain experts who don't have as much uh, competencies in the data science field. Mm -hmm. This is a, a very, very interesting point. Um, my question was going to be, how awesome are we as a... No, I'm joking. But <laughs> is, like, and my question was going to be, if you, know, you have experience working with implementation partners, what advice would you give to other companies doing the same thing? How does best set up that cooperation, right? Because there's some requirements that need to be met And there's internal things that need to happen at the company so that the implementation partner gets the most out of the time spent with the company, right? So what advice would you give how to best prepare a company to work with an implementation partner? So when first starting, of course, you need to have the key key employees at the right position. So for sure, you need someone that um, is able to deliver the um, IT information regarding, for example, the SAP or how SAP is running uh, in the company. But on the other hand, you also need like um, domain experts that understand technically what we want to achieve through process mining. And then you need someone, um, in our case, it is Max and me, um, that is able to kind of translate um, efficiently um, the, the requests of the, um, of the domain experts. Um, what is also important is that the, for example, center of excellence can be seen as a constant in the um, corporation, mm -hmm. a constant Uh, that is not switching. So it it's not possible that, for example, within a project, the um, employees of the Centex of Excellence change. If the employees of the um, implementation partner change, that is not big of an issue. But um, you have to have someone you can always rely on, you can always ask the questions to. And to add to that point, I think the most important point is communication because it's 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 really important that the implementation partner and the company are constantly talking to each other what's the uh, how uh, how far uh, are you with the implementation what problems are there we have new requirements just 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 on the fast route i think that's important mm -hmm. because because otherwise the implementator uh, implementer could build something and then it's finished after one month and nobody talked to each other And it's not what the domain experts actually wanted or yeah. the domain experts did not work with Celonis enough to actually understand what can also be done and how, and, and how could, uh, can it be done, done otherwise. And that, that's a setup for not, not, not for failure, but for not such a good uh, uh, project in the end. 
Yeah, talking is the key, as with any <laughs> every other relationship. <laughs> uh, guys, moving on, uh, let's get a little specific. So could you tell us what kind of processes so far you've implemented? And since we know a little where we're going to head, uh, we will then focus on one specific. <laughs> Yes, it's it's uh, already really really many processes actually. So we started with uh, purchase to pay and accounts payable. Uh, I'll just list them first, and then we can go into detail in 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 some of them. Um, after that, we started to look at the meter to cash process uh, for our net net provider. Uh, I think it's called in English. Uh, and after that, we started to look at our sales department and in that case the uh, the analysis of open uh, uh, open i'm sorry what is forderung called in english <laughs> requirements uh yeah so so we we sent an invoice to our customer and he has to pay it so if if they don't pay it it's open oh yeah okay so monitor monitoring our uh uh the money that we need to get from our mm -hmm. customers actually uh, if you put it Accounts that way. receivable Accounts receivable. That's the uh, one. Yes. That's the one. That's the one. Thank you very much. Uh, and uh, we also started to look at our controlling process, uh, so budget planning for the uh, for the departments, which is actually not as easy uh, in SAP if you're not working often with it. And uh, I think we will also have a lot of uh, success with that one. Um, and I don't know. We that are really many processes. In which one do we really want to go into into? <laughs> How much detail? Well, I mean, I was going to ask. I mean, it sounds like your your um, process mining is fairly extensive. You're looking at a lot of processes. And what was the rollout like? And what was the time it took to implement each process? Was it all at once or how did you structure it? So, um, like we, we told before, the first process was the pilot process uh, of um, the procurement. And at the same time, we also did the accounts payable. Um, this was just because the head of procurement was is very innovative and he said he wants to digitalize his um, um, his job and then the second um, from that point on uh, we started to go there where the big issues are the biggest so um, especially in the grid we can say that um, it is pretty hard to um, always keep up to date because there are um, certain regulator, like regulatory approaches that you have to fit um, and they there are new um, um, regulations that you have to follow every single year and at the same time we also have uh, had an SAP migration and mm -hmm. every listener that had an SAP migration might know that this causes some issues sometimes <laughs> <laughs> some <laughs> so this is where we went and afterwards we continued uh, with our accounts receivable um prob probably because it's um also one of our cash cows of the company mm. yeah and uh, to add to that how 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 much time did we need for those uh, implementations so we started with uh, procurement uh, and and accounting and did the basic implementation in five months. Uh, after that, we wrote our bachelor thesis for three months, so we weren't working <laughs> at the NME group. But we also assisted uh, at uh, steering in our next pro uh, projects, which is the, the most, uh, the most, yeah, which is the best to start uh, after our uh, the start of our uh, actual employment. And that was the net, and we are working with the net or, or grid provider since uh, April 
last year, so more than a year now, and uh, there's no end in sight. They <laughs> we have much use cases on our in our backlog, much uh, of important topics. Uh, so it will go on for forever, <laughs> maybe I don't know yet. Uh, and with our um, accounts receivable process, we started actually uh, last year August around that time. Uh, in that case, uh, we have to say it it is it was much more complex than we thought. Uh, and we had really big problems implementing it. Uh, so not every process is is easy to implement because SAP logic is sometimes strange or and sometimes totally not understandable. But we did it actually, and we can now say if if a, a position in our system is actually cleared or open. So that was the most important thing for for the use case, and we actually mm -hmm. implemented that. So like six months from 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 now or seven, uh, actually. But the project is still running, and we also have some more use cases in the pipeline. And for okay. controlling, uh, in that case, Janis and me did not uh, assist much in that case uh, because Pros and did uh, everything like in a month, and then it was pretty much ready. And at at the moment, we are validating with the, with the domain experts. So that one was really really fast. Yeah, uh, one thing that you, we need to mention is the processes are running that long because uh, the first implementation is very fast, usually uh, within a few months, and then um, the process of change management starts. Mm -hmm. And the mm -hmm. change management is way harder than the actual technical implementation. Yeah. Except for the last project that Max just mentioned, there was the implementation <laughs> also very hard because we had two source systems, two SAP systems uh, that we have been technically combining that were using different logics. And to get both on the, of them on the same side was pretty tough. And to add to that, we were also looking at positions and invoices starting from 1999 in one system oh, wow. and starting from <laughs> 2004 in the other system. So yeah, things change over the time and it's not that easy to look at 30 million positions or, or more. Or actually, it's it's 70 million at that moment in our, wow. in our oh, wow. salonis <laughs> if you click on the dashboard. Yeah, that's that's quite a big data scope you have there. And that kind of leads me to my next question. I mean, with all these different processes that you're implementing, all these different um, views and KPIs that you need to calculate, is the data pipeline an issue for you guys? Was this ever a concern? You kind of mentioned uh, adding two source systems, and that kind of um, caused some issues. Is, is how how is that uh, handled? So, uh, if you mean data pipeline, you mean problems with uh, with this, with the extraction and everything, getting all that data into the system. Yeah. So, yeah, actually, uh, it it happens that some data lots fail or some extractions fail. Fail that that is a huge point why we are currently thinking about uh, going from extraction one times a night to to real time extract to mm -hmm. make it on the one hand uh, more usable for operative uh, employees who are looking at cases and then working on them uh, lifetime and they also want to see that the case is finished like some minutes afterwards and not on the next day yeah. uh, and another point is that it will make it way more secure if we just load smaller chunks every every other every other hour or, or every other minute mm -hmm. than uh, loading everything overnight and we have made we have uh, made the um, we have actually had the the case that uh, two times it failed in like the last month or two uh, in our uh, meter to cash process the data load failed and one uh, operative employee 
just just right away contacted Yanis and what is going on? I I don't see my 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 problematic cases in my action engine inbox. <laughs> How do I work now? I don't want to go back to the old times. So uh, it's really important for us that the data pipeline is is in check and everything works as it should. Uh, so that's a that's a huge point uh, when doing process mining to set that up correctly and uh, uh, and have it in a secure way. Mm -hmm. Um. So one of the processes that really caught my attention was uh, meter to cache, uh, which I think is very, uh, I would say, unique or specific for energy industry. Could you explain to our listeners what meter to cache is and what are some of the specific problems and maybe use cases you're trying to, to, to solve there? So uh, the main point in our meter to cache uh, process uh, project was process transparency and what is the pro process really about so as it as it says meter to cache we have a meter which is placed at the home of our, one of our customers or at an industry plant of one of our customers in that case uh, there are different kinds of meters so you can he have a meter which is which is counting the energy that you that you consume or the gas that you consume But we also have customers who have solar panels on their on their roofs and mm -hmm. produce actually energy and put it into our net. So at some time we get money from them. Uh, at some time we uh, actually uh, uh, pay them money for mm -hmm. their uh, for their energy supply. But um, in that case we don't do that all by ourselves. But we have to communicate with the uh, with the energy supplier because in that in the meter to cash process we only looking at our grid and. Therefore, we only get money for the use of the grid from our suppliers. So it's it's different market roles in that case. And if we come back to the basic project the process, we have a meter at home or at the plant. We need to read the the values on that meter. So how much energy was consumed or produced? Uh, get that into our SAP system. Uh, it is it is uh, stored in a meter reading document. And after that, we go into the process of market communication. So Uh, we need to provide the energy, uh, the energy values, the measures that we that we got from the from the meter uh, to our supplier. He has to answer to that to the uh, message in a different, in a special kind of way. That those are the regulations that Janis was talking about. Uh, the, so the communication is really just you have to send a specific segment in a specific form, and if it's technically mm -hmm. wrong, mm -hmm. you get a uh, you get a, an error message and everything else. There are lots of messages sent to different suppliers every day from us, and uh, many uh, responses we get back in that case. And if all those processes with with those messages go right, we can actually produce uh, what is called Netznutzungsabrechnung uh, in German. Mm -hmm. It's uh, the the invoice. That we create for for the usage of the net that we mm -hmm. send to our supplier because he has used the net, and um, uh, after that the invoice just gets cleared and we get the cash in that case. So from right. meter to cash. Uh, before you go into use cases, I have one very specific question. Before uh, because before I worked with uh, business data, I worked with uh, meter data because my mm. past career I worked. Siemens uh, in building technology division and I know that the biggest problem was always to get the data from the meters at the customer side uh, to, to your data because you know you have a meter somewhere in the area where there's not even internet and uh, you are relying on like Bluetooth and sending data somewhere in through the air uh, is the data in, in consistency an issue for you guys? 
So we have to uh, we have to differentiate in that case because our uh, the process that we are looking uh, at we don't have many smart meters who actually send the data automatically uh, till now the process of changing to smart meters in a lot of cases is actually going on right now and we are also assisting with Salonis because we have some data problems on on specific cases and we have to have the perfect data setup setup okay. before we can change to smart meters. But that's a different different story in the book in that case because normally if we have, if you have a meter at home, uh, our system actually now also Celonis what was beforehand done by uh, an employee of the department Celonis uh, classifies whether the meter is is uh, going to be um, read by uh, uh, an employee of us which mm -hmm. goes there and just looks at the value or if we send a card uh, per. Uh, uh, post, post, po is it post? Mail. It is post. <laughs> per mail. Okay, I'm sorry for that. Uh, per mail, uh, uh, and uh, the person reads their meter by by the by themselves and sends it back to us per mail, per app, per or per mail again. Right. Um, and in that case, we get the data like how it is seen on the meter. But you can under you understand that. Not everybody will answer our mail and not everybody will, will let us into our, their house. And that's a huge problem because if we cannot measure uh, the, 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 the value of the, on the meter, we have to approximate it. So the SAP yeah. system makes an approximation, but there are many ways and many problems which can block an approximation. So in that case, a meter reading document can stay uh, not filled, which is problematic because we, if we don't have any values, we don't, we can't uh, actually place an invoice and can't get the cash in our meter to cash pro process. And uh, a further problem with that, yeah, it yeah, is, it is creating a lot of rework. So yeah. if we approximate the values uh, from the customer, then there is a possibility that the customer is coming back at us and saying, uh, excuse me, I had like 0 0.001 uh, megawatts, uh, kilowatts uh, less consumed. And then the entire system um, has to be changed. Uh, the entire data in the SAP system has to be changed and the process is starting from scratch. And obviously we want to lower the rates of mm -hmm. approximations even though it can help in scenarios where we are not able to um, read the meter. So as someone who has ignored many mails and has not been home to let um, people in to read the meters, I apologize. I didn't <laughs> know this was such a big problem. Um, I'll be sure to be better in the future. Um, but my question was going to be, um, if you look at this meter to cash process, what is what are the immediate problems in it that you're trying to solve with process mining? I think what is very important here is the market communication. So everything is regulated by the German government and also by the EU. And therefore, the communication has to be on point. So an immediate issue that we have all the time or that every single energy provider has all the time is that the commu communication is for some reason going wrong. That can be on one hand because the meter reading, reading didn't work. That can be because metadata changed um, and also because physical meters don't work anymore. Mm -hmm. So this is probably the biggest issue um, to communicate in the, an appropriate way based on a good database. And you can imagine if we are sending several thousands of messages 
out and getting several uh, thousands of answers every day we can't have as much employees who look at the uh, at the all of those messages sent or received so we have to have a really good sap system a really good automation in the sap system to not only Uh, send the message in the correct format and receive uh, and read the, the 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 messages in the correct format, but to also h handle some of the problems that can happen if uh, if a problem is is actually there in the process. So we uh, built up a monitor which analyzes those uh, different categories of messages and uh, a possibility to prioritize uh, the cases that are problematic because. Uh, We also, as we started working on that on that topic with our with our uh, uh, with our net department, we had cases and problematic cases in communication which which has uh, have gone back to 2016 and 17. So they're really really old. And if we couldn't um, place an invoice in in the year 16 or 17, we also cannot. Uh, Has to place an invoice in 18, 19, 20, uh, 20 21, 22 because there's a root problem some <laughs> years ago. And and you can imagine how important a prioritization in that case is uh, for the employees that are not much, uh, not many, uh, actually, to work on all those uh, problems which have stacked up over the years. Uh, but uh, to spoil a, bit, mm -hmm. a little bit, we are on a really good way and uh, <laughs> the problems have minimized uh, a lot in that case. So you're saying minimized, and my question would be, uh, did you or you then were able to actually solve some of these issues? Were you also able to quantify it? Let's say like how much you improved certain parts and what those parts were? Of course we are, but I think um, this is too critical information. I see. <laughs> okay. um, but... What can be said, first of all, for all the listeners to understand how many um, customers are on, on our grid, we have around 400,000 customers on our grid um, every single day um, being supplied by our grid. And this will also increase a lot yeah. um, in this the coming year. Okay. In that case, I, I would also add uh, in, information type that is not really critical, I think, if we if we don't work with absolute values but with relative values and uh, one can say that we have more than halved uh, or actually in the last month we have only left uh, a tenth uh, a tenth uh, one tenth uh, of uh, of the problems with uh, in the in the communication and uh, the uh, number of of missing uh, invoices which have needed to be created was also more than halved Wow. Uh, so, uh, and and that in that case, you can also imagine every month we have to create new invoices. So it's not a number that we say we are missing X number of invoices. Now let's work on those. Yeah. But because every day there are new invoices which have to be created, and we have to work against time, pretty much like uh, working against the wave of new uh, new problems arising. And we are having a really good positive trend. And and and. and Uh, that's that makes us really happy and our domain experts also. Wow, Some, sounds awesome! And I just want to say congratulations because you know when you start getting these results, it's very easy to buy yourself more into into process mining, and this is exactly why process mining exists. Anyhow, um, I also talked to a colleague of mine who was supporting you on some of the implementations, and uh, she told me uh, that you actually were building this this thing that you call Enerzon. Uh, 
Can you, can you tell us what's up with that? Of course, for sure. So um, when we were in our pilot project in the procurement, we have figured out, so we did this classical process mining, where in, in the process are the issues created. And in the end, a very logical answer of this was that the, in the beginning of the process where all the employees of the NRV group order something, um, a lot of mistakes were made or are generally made. Um, and this is not because, um, our colleagues don't know how, okay, sometimes they don't know how to use it, <laughs> but it's also because the SAP is very complicated and there are many sources where you can make issues. And therefore, uh, we created a vision in the end of a project that we would like to take our colleagues out of the beginning of the process. So we would like to create a platform um, that is like Amazon. You just um, give a name or something. You need something. You need uh, Natrium. You just put Natrium and then you get like the possible um, suppliers that you can choose. And when you put on it, you don't have to enter all your data every single time. But the system already knows who you are because you have ordered it two years ago um, based on. And this was the vision that we have created. And based on that, we got two new employees um, that wrote their bachelor thesis on this topic. And what they did is they would take the existing process and um, take the historic data that we have within our cloud and then build a business view in Salonis um, that would allow to just search for something that was bought in the past mm -hmm. and then directly just by, it's basically two clicks. So you put in the name and you click on the object that you want to have and then you click on order it and then it would already um, directly order something within our live SAP system. Wow. So that means that you are basically... Uh executing a certain transaction uh, through uh, Celonis implementation in SAP. Yes. Exactly. If wow. we go into detail, it's by using RFC and BAPI calls, which, mm -hmm. which are used to create a purchase order in that case. And the all the irrelevant data is gotten from uh, Celonis and written in the correct fields and thereby uh, a purchase order in that case, for example, is created. Sounds very cool. Um, well. All right, guys, um, what's in the future for you <laughs> when it comes to process mining and all of these initiatives that you're running? Actually, a lot. Uh, so, <laughs> our, our, uh, Janis and me, if we could work, uh, yeah, it would be nice if there were more of us, actually, in that case, because we can't work on all the stuff that we want to, but we, but we have a huge plan. Uh, actually, we, the, the great, the great picture consists of, automating more uh, we have a lot of repetitive tasks in our in, uh, at the NRV group which are yeah hindering uh, our colleagues from doing the actual valuable tasks uh, in in their job and 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 uh, they need that time and we are uh, assisting with Salonis but we've only built some automations we are really sure that there's a lot of potential left at the at the company to automate uh, a further point is this uh, establishing this culture of uh, of continuous improvement even more because we have our departments looking at their at their uh, KPIs at their performance every week they talk to each other how it developed uh, how happy they are it's actually helping what they're doing at that moment so this culture is already established in lots of lots of parts of the group uh, of the energy group but we will uh, 
assist to 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 bring it even further uh, and uh, a different point is also that we want to yeah uh, implement more processes actually because we've only looked at some uh, major processes there are uh, some other left uh, that we can address in future um so that's a huge point um another point so it will be eight points that i'm talking about because we <laughs> just presented uh, this 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 great picture on tuesday actually to the uh, <laughs> Uh, to the high figures of the NRV group. To the board. Um, to the board, yes. Uh, point number four is actually the establishment, uh, which is an idea of us or our uh, our boss, pretty much uh, the establishment of uh, uh, a cash cash flow liquidity management system, working capital management system. Oh. So we are looking at the different... Janis, uh, you're looking interesting. I'm oh, sorry. Uh, we we are looking at different data from different uh, departments in our in, in our uh, company, and uh, just look how how our liquidity is going in the different points where we can access that data. So how much uh, uh, open open not cleared uh, positions we have. Um, it's like mm-hmm. it can be said that we are looking to um, create a cash flow management that is real time. So in every single second, the company knows exactly how much money is existing. And I think um, this sounds not that um, crazy, but it's actually a huge step because then we can steer um, um, more precisely um, how we spend our money. And since we are trading a lot of energy, which is um, a lot of money that has has yeah. to be used and a lot of liquidity that is needed um this can be very very valuable for us um yeah sorry i interrupted yeah. you no problem <laughs> thank you for the clarification that point uh so it's pretty much the 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 uh uh the voyage to the uh Celonis ems so execution management system we take data from our sales department we take data from our net department we take data from our accounting and combine it in a management dashboard or for the people who are actually working on liquidity management and have it all in one place, not in several SAP systems, not in 10 reports who have to be executed the whole night, but just access it and look at the, at the numbers, which are correctly fine. Uh, and that will be a huge, huge deal if we actually uh, do it in some at some point. It's a really ambitious task, uh, but uh, we are on a really good way in that case. Uh, yeah. So... Maybe Janis, you you want to follow up on the other points of the great picture in that case. I think another thing that we haven't been talking about is um, is that we want to steer our sustainability in the company um, by using process mining. Um, we have already um, created the, the transparency um, within the procurement department by combining our procurement data with sustainability data, so we know exactly how much CO2 we are currently um, emitting by buying products. And here's the great picture that we don't want only want to know how much we are producing, but we also want to steer uh, the behavior mm-hmm. of the operative procurers um, in order to uh, decrease um, our CO2 emissions in the um, supply chain before we buy the products. Wow. And of course, at that point, we are only using estimations at that point, which are pretty good but are not uh, not ready for the actual steering of the of the procurement department so we have to enrich those that data even more uh, but i think that's also a good point for the usage of Celonis as an ems in that case because we 
have gotten a different system where the CO2 uh, was was uh, shown to us in a dashboard and our head of procurement, which is sadly not with, with us anymore, but the new head of procurement is also really <laughs> a really cool guy. So no. He did, no, to, just to precisely formulate it, he did not die, but he changed. Oh, okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. In English, in English that's, uh, that's, I should not use that anymore in that case. Okay, I, I will remember. So he's not working with us anymore at, at the Envy Group, uh, but he had this idea, why do we need two systems? We have Salonis. Salonis is great. Our uh, procurement employees need to have that CO2 data also in Salonis and process L, process and helped us to implement uh, these these kind of data also in our process. That sounds wow. very cool, guys. I mean, uh, I am a little jealous uh, of uh, having that much of a freedom to work on this because, you know, we are still consultants. We are usually limited by the budget. We can give ideas. We can work <laughs> on uh, different stuff, but we are always somehow restricted. And just listening to you and uh, hearing this this ambition and excitement uh, makes me feel very, very happy for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I guess we will have to invite you back in a couple of years to hear yeah. how that go. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Thank you so much. It would be really nice. Uh, anyhow, uh, where can people find you if they had at some point some question or would like to also hear from you? Uh, where can get, uh, they get in touch? I think the best point is LinkedIn. Yes. Um, where you can just um, add us or send us direct messages. Obviously, you can also send us mails. I don't know if you can link them below. Um, we'll try. That's we'll the, try. probably the best approach. <laughs> yes. All and right. Maybe if, if you can't, Janis Nacke, Max Ahlmann again, uh, and <laughs> Ahlmann with only one N. So that, that's an important <laughs> factor, actually, All which right. creates a lot of confusion sometimes. <laughs> we, will, we will try to put it into the episode description. Um, anyhow, guys, uh, it's been a pleasure uh, talking to you. I'm very happy that uh, our colleagues who actually worked on the project told us about you and uh, got us uh, connected because this has been a real pleasure. So thank you for coming. Thank you yeah. very much to ha for having us here. Yeah, thank you. To you, dear listeners, um, thank you for listening, as always. Uh, you can also write us an email in your on LinkedIn where we are very active. So just drop us a message on Mining Your Business um, profile. Or you can just write us an email on miningyourbusinesspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you like us, rate us. You can rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, basically anywhere where you usually listen to your podcast. And your feedback is always very, very valuable. So uh, thank you very much. And we will be looking forward to, uh, to talking to you uh, in the next episode of Mining Your Business Podcast. Guys, thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Thanks, uh, guys. Bye.